FIS Castaway, the podcast keeping you in the know about the shipping and commodity world. To keep up to date, sign up to our FIS Live app at www.fis-live.com or follow us on Twitter and LinkedIn. Hello, welcome back to Castaway. I'm Chris Hudson and this is FIS's Freight and Commodity Podcast. It is Wednesday the 19th of May in what is probably a version of Atlantis, the amount of rain that we've been having in... <laughs> Uh, London, but uh, I'm joined again by Kerry and Theo. Hello, guys. Morning, Chris. Morning, mate. So let's dive into the news. If you've been watching those news programmes, you'll, of course, seen the clashes between Israeli and Hamas continue over the Israeli-Gazan border. Iran confirmed that it was having talks with Saudi Arabia in an effort to resolve the many issues between the two countries. And on a side note, obviously, the pushes towards potential new Iranian nuclear deal. Uh, At a summit of EU leaders, they rejected President Biden's proposals to waive COVID-19 vaccine patents. China released official census statistics that put its population at 1.41 billion last year, up 5.4%. But this did contradict media reports prior to the release that there was an actual contraction to below the 1.4 billion level. And the USA annual inflation rate rose to 1.2% in April. And I think the UK this morning pushed out news that it's at 1.4, 1.5 here. Yeah, big jump. So big movements on all that stimulus that's happening and the economic impact. we can expect that to continue if you're judging from the price of a pint down the local pub (laughs) after after they've lifted the lockdown. That's just making up for lost time, isn't it? (laughs) But let's go into our markets and let's see what we've had. Tuesday to Tuesday, week on week, 11th versus the 18th. Kerry, what we've seen in terms of the freight Index changes. Big moves on the Cape size market. The Cape size 5TC average at 31,429. Yesterday, that's down 10,602 or 25.2% week on week. Panamax 4TC at 24,346. That's down 2,058 bucks or 7.8% week on week. And Theo, what about the iron ore? Uh, in the iron ore market, uh, Plat 62 yesterday sold at $223.75, which is down $5.15 or two and a quarter percent. The uh, fast, market, fast market at 65% uh, sold at $258.70, which is down $1.90 or 0.73%. And the uh, 65-62 spread is actually up $3.25 at $34.95, so that's up 10.25%. And then on the oil and products, uh, Brent, uh, we've seen try to hit through that 70. We were 68.31 last week, 69.22 last night. Uh, that's up 1.33%. In terms of the fuels, we've been down across the board, all down around 1% to 2%. Rock 3.5%, uh, 360.50, down 2.26%. Sing 380, 368.5, down 2.82%. And the 0.5s also down, but less so. 472.46 and the rock 0.5 down 1% and Sing 0.5 down 2.23%, 4.86.21 closing last night. But the high fives continued their very slow march upwards. Uh, the rock high five up to 112 now up 3.7% from 108 last week. That's front month uh, high five. That's the difference between the low sulfur fuel oil and the high sulfur fuel oil. And the Sing high five unchanged at 118. On the tankers to wrap it all up on the indexes, uh, down across the board, apart from TC6, so TC2 down 11.4%, TC5 down 5%, T3C hardly moving, minus 1.8, TD25 down 5%. Uh, but TC6, 125.63 last Tuesday, 180.13, up 43%. <laughs> so nice movements on there. So yeah. as the big mover of the week, Kerry, freight, 
What are we seeing then? Well, many people have described the moves on the Cape size market in the past 10 days or so using words like carnage, which uh, certainly captures the panicky mood that led to such dramatic falls on both the physical and especially the paper. Um, however, it's worth remembering, I think, the incredible and nearly uninterrupted stretch of growth the Capes had had <laughs> for the last couple of months up until then, and that a correction had been expected. Uh, indeed, we mentioned last week that the North Atlantic tonnage list had grown against thin inquiry, and also that the Brazilian major miners, having taken a fleet of vessels for end May and June loading dates, might be able to take a break for a while, and that was causing concern. And in, and in fact, that proved to be exactly the case. Uh, Australian majors also showed their, slowed their chartering a touch, I should say, um, which sent rates on both the C3 Brazil to China and C5 West Aussie to China into a bit of a nosedive last week. Uh, we did seem to be finding a floor yesterday with increased inquiry from West Australia, leading to rumors of $12.60 done for 5-7 June loading dates last night. Uh, increased inquiry in the Atlantic, especially the Black Sea, is helping as well, although Brazil remains very quiet. The paper certainly bounced off the lows. It's worth noting the front month Cape 5TC contract found support just around the level of that 50-day EMA, according to the FIS Live app, uh, with June closing at 33,500 last night, about 6,000 down week on week, and Q4 closing at 27,800. Now, the Panamaxes had never been quite as weak on the physical fundamentals as the Capes, uh, and some might argue the drift on paper and even on the index was largely driven by sentiment coming from the bigger ships. Inquiry has been very quiet from the Black Sea on Panamax, which has not helped support the Atlantic, although the front hall market has been a bright spot continuously throughout the past week. We are showing signs of fewer cargo showing up this week, though, in that front hall market. There's a slight question mark over that strength just now. Uh, the Pacific has been more of a standoff with a lot more inquiry showing up, but charters holding back on rates. Uh, the paper, however, appeared to draw a lot of confidence yesterday from the bounce on the capes and the talk of a floor. And as a result, the market saw rates chased higher post-index with June and July 4TC trading up to 24,450 and 24,600 respectively. That nudged the Q3 back up to 23,600 as well, although we were seeing some resistance to those levels on the close. We did see those strong moves up on the freight. I mean, we you can see it on the FSI, a really nice peak before dropping down. <laughs> exactly. Is this more, because I know we talked last week about Australian miners into their yeah. year, uh, obviously all those news stories about super cycles, yeah. China hoovering up everything they can. Yeah. Is this the pause more than necessarily a fall? I think this is the pause. Personally speaking, um, I think that, you know, you still have the fundamentals there for a very strong market. Look, you know, even with the corrections on iron ore, we're still talking 200 bucks a ton. As long as you're anywhere near these levels on iron ore, there's absolutely zero incentive for any of the major miners to slow down production whatsoever, um, or even any of the minor miners, uh, if you will. So, uh, so uh, I really cannot see short of, you know, a man-made disaster, um, anything really slowing down output from either Brazil or Australia in a substantial way in the coming months. But, you know, I'll leave Theo to comment a little bit more on where the iron ore is going right now. Exactly. Talking of iron ore, Theo, what are we seeing there? Okay. Although the uh, indexes don't really show much, they show a slight uh, drop in the uh week on week, we have had an absolute roller coaster of a ride in the last uh, seven days. 
Last Saturday, uh, sorry, last Saturday, <laughs> last Wednesday, the front month contract touched a record high of $233.75. Then on Friday, fell to a low of $188.70. So the, although the market today is up over 200 bucks, the front month is still holding pretty strong. So last Wednesday, we saw DC, Rebar and HRC all go limit up. Steel went first and then DC followed as we've suggested through the last few weeks. Mostly it's due to systemic risk due to inflation that was quoted for the main reason, but it was also reported that the government had investigations into speculative rallies and whatever comes with that. You can read between, between the lines on that one. So the exchange and interviewed on Wednesday um, and then intervened with controls on trading limits, increasing trading limits from 10% uh, from 8% on the DC and limit down also the same way. Then on Friday, when Friday came, we took a turn and this time went south and we smashed through the old limits of 8% and went straight down to 10% and they held there for, for half a day. So the moves were being quite chaotic again in the iron ore and uh, steel markets, led by steel, of course. So in, what we saw was that on the physical side, HRC steel had dropped from a record high of last week of 6,700 RMB to 6,400 RMB per metric tonne. And the future steel margins also came off from a historic high of 1,430 RMB to 1,100 RMB uh, just today, actually. So this suggests that the rebar has dropped more than iron ore. It seems, though, to me that, and reports I'm reading, that uh, end users are now holding back from purchases as we're well into that construction season right now. And this is also going to impact restocking. So it could be a slow depletion or a possible uh, increase in inventories that comes along with the construction uh, activity. On Monday, I also want to note that uh, the China National Bureau of Statistics released a number of monthly figures. China's steel production, released on the 17th of May, shows Jan to April maintained fast growth of 15.3% to reach 374.8 million tonnes. That growth is comparable to 15.6 on-year gains for the first three months. So it seems like they're producing pretty steadily. Then April, China produced uh, 97.9 million tonnes of crude steel output, which is up 13.4% year-on-year. The daily output hit a record high of 3.26 million tonnes a day, which is average for the last month. And that's, that's also 7.5% higher than the month of March. So finished products came in at 1.21 million tonnes in April, which is another gain of 12.5%. One interesting thing to close with, and one thing that's close to my heart, is that the January to April electric, electricity power generation was, and this number is huge, 2.53 trillion kilowatt hours. So that's up 16.8% year on year and up 10.9% compared to 2019. So, of course, you've got to consider COVID in this situation, but there is a very strong correlation between energy usage production and economic growth. So if you're really looking for that, the health and condition of a, of a nation, check their, their electricity consumption because that number never, ever lies. That's a very good point, Theo. And, and as you pointed out, even with the slightly lower profit margins, I mean, we're still talking well over a thousand RMB a ton. Um, and so nowhere near the range where we would see the mills be inclined absolutely. to cut back. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree. Yeah, iron ore producers, 
freight yeah. movers and yeah. steel makers. Everyone's <laughs> going. Yeah, exactly. Thank you very much. Exactly. Rubbing their hands. Exactly. Exactly. So, uh, yeah, very much so. Yeah, they got the fingers crossed. Long may it continue. For everyone else, we're going. What? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Cool. Moving on to oil and products, we've got quite a bit to talk about um, this week. Um, if you were watching overnight, we did make an attempt to break through that seventy level, uh, but it has now dropped back, and we opened this morning sixty-eight fifteen uh, on the European Open here in London. Um, if you want to see in terms of what's happening on the physical side rather than the futures, uh, we now have physical fuel prices from Integrate uh, via their engine online app uh, on ours, FIS Live, and vice versa. They have our futures. So if you want to see physical pricing, you can sign up at www.freightinvestorservices.com forward slash FIS hyphen live to see those and see what's happening in the difference. Because that was one of the big stories when we started with the IMO 2020 and the difference between what the futures market was doing. Exactly, and what, and what the spot market was doing. So Usually, you know, yeah. what, 15 yeah. to 30 a push in terms of physical premium, which went up to 100. So, exactly. So very, very relevant to see both those prices next to each other. Now you can see. Uh, but obviously, the big news was the Colonial Pipeline, which carries a lot of those oil and products from the south to the northeast um, was hacked by the group calling himself Darkside, clearly watching too many George Lucas films. Mm. Uh, but the ransom was paid to the group, um, but then they claimed that they lost access to the funds paid by the US in the cryptocurrency. wonder how that kind of works. Yeah. yeah. Purely coincidental, I'm sure. I mean, I wouldn't mess with the US <laughs> in this conference, but apparently they did. Um, but obviously a huge change and uh, there was all that panic buying which happened. Uh, but it seems to be getting better. I mean, overall outages are at um, stations, petrol stations. Uh, they were to market yesterday, 12,870 stations. This was down from Saturday's 13,450 in a peak of 16,000 at the end of last week. So it seems to be reducing as yeah. they've, they've restarted that, but they did have some technical problems yesterday as well. Um, but gasoline prices pushed up to the highest level since 2014, reported by Reuters. So that was, you know, obviously a, a very short shock, yeah. which has been sorted, and there will obviously be problems sorting that out. Um, and there is no surprise in terms of the API figures this morning. That's kind of stocks of different products and crude in the US predicting a draw on products. Yeah, of course. Makes sense. <laughs> um, we'll see if they're right later today anyway. But uh, we've seen that branch just under that $70 pull back a bit. Um, we did see a fall on Friday uh, as well on Brent with it over with it off over two bucks, and that's having an impact of about fourteen bucks on on fuel on the fuel oil levels. Uh, but this have did recover across into the to this week, and we are still maybe paused back. We made that attempt, but we're definitely pushing towards those seventy levels. I mean, it's interesting to me to watch that it's it's paused here because you know although the Levant is not necessarily an oil rich region in and of itself, you know it, it implies broader. Um, geopolitical problems throughout the Middle East that can always ricochet, that can and always concern. have echo effect and concern. So, you know, even against that, the fact that we're struggling to push higher here is interesting. Do you think that's representative of the fact people have already priced this in, or do you think that's more down to people looking towards potential Iranian settlement? I think it is. I think that people okay. have probably gone, is there enough kind of impetus to be able to push that above the seventy dollar level yeah. with the potential. Uh, there was rumors yesterday with this, which started a bit of a fall off and we came off 2% before recovering towards the end of the day, um, saying that they were almost close to an Iranian deal. You know, yeah. Your classic Twitter story, which then causes <laughs> yeah. a storm, uh, which isn't really it. Yeah. But I, I'm sure that people are going to look at it going, that 70 level is quite a significant level. And then you get all the news stories about 100 bucks again. But with the Iranian 
potential of coming back online that does not all things out of skew all the the problems which the delayed OPEC meeting yeah increasing in production we've still got Saudi Arabia's voluntary cuts that it has not decided what it's going to be doing with yet so you can have potential of a yeah. quite significant increase in production so you've got some cushioning there very much so so until yeah. we get some more clarity on that yeah. I think we're going to be bobbing around the 68 70 level before and then if we don't get the Iranians back on or it, everything yeah. collapses then you know you will have <laughs> yeah. of course the, the the push above 70 with those iranians coming on we're looking back towards hitting those 60 levels again i would say interesting but um in terms of other movements the the high fives that's the difference between the uh different sulfur levels of fuel high sulfur fuel oil and very low sulfur fuel oil um as we mentioned in the index is beginning to creep up they're both above the 110 levels now that's a you know widening gap we've seen over several months now between those two fuels and if you look at the forward curve this is something which is expected to continue uh those levels uh, several months out of you know 20 bucks increasing in the yeah. in, in the spread so those people who have are running on high soil fuel or with scrubbed vessels are probably looking a bit more rosy for them again um and it just shows what's been a reverse of the situation that happens. We had all those predictions that high sulfur fuel oil will become irrelevant yeah. uh, and unused. There'll be an oversupply of it, but it's the complete opposite has happened. Uh, we've had a lot of demand for power generation, especially in Saudi Arabia with all the um, inability to leave Saudi Arabia. So all the air conditioning units, people <laughs> staying at home because of COVID and meant that they had an increase in demand there. Same stream Pakistan, a lot of imports coming into there. Um, a lot of power generation in that region from the high sulfur fuel oil. But what you're seeing now is a, a reverse of it. You're seeing the, the high sulfur fuel oil crack weakened. So on the 11th, it opened at minus 10.15 and pushed to a low of minus 11.70 in the week mm -hmm. of trading that we've had. So in an effort, that's in effect, that's a $7.75 equivalent price difference in fuel. So big movements there, what's happening, and it does seem that's the way that it's going. And that's what accounts for the widening of the spread is a weakening of the high sulfur fuel oil and the consistent demand for the very low sulfur fuel oil. And as environmental concerns continue with the dwindling demand for the high sulfur fuel oil, um, it does seem that now on the information that we have, people expect that spread to continue to widen. Uh, in fuel, week on week, we have seen a move up in Brent, but yet we saw a, a fall in fuel. And that has been because of the FOGOs. That's the difference between fuel oil and gas oil prices. That's how it's uh, priced. You have a gas oil differential. Uh, the Sing FOGO closed around minus 70 yesterday after opening at around minus 61. And the Euro FOGO closed at minus 90 after opening at minus 82. So big moves on those FOGOs, which has depressed fuel prices, even though Brent has risen. So you'd think that they're quite over a long period. They're very well correlated between Brent and fuel, but yeah, in the short term they can diverge exactly with those with those fuel oil markets that have been changing on that. And the hunt of a fuel oil crack, which we we pointed out uh, at the end of the day, minus twelve was yesterday. So really starting to to see that weakness there. But to to wrap it up with other oil related products, the wet for phase we did point out in the indexes that the TC six has been the golden child of this week's trading. We've seen overall a relatively soft feeling in the markets uh, on spot LRs and MRs, along with all dirty ships, generally looking weaker. Um, but the TC6 is off the back of positive sentiment in the Med as refining capacity is set to return to the market and European gasoline demand should see a solid recovery in the summer months to come. We have a European driving season rather than the US 
Um, but this has been a spot rocket to match levels going on subs, plus 43% week on week, bringing the front paper curve along for the ride, seeing Balmer contracts up 24% for May, uh, from world to go 141 to world to go 174.5 week on week. But that's what we've got in terms of wrapping up. Anything for any other markets, or are we all good for this week? I think we're good for this week, Chris. So the only thing left to say is, obviously, we pointed out those cool prices that you can now get on our app. And we have a number of new markets now featuring on the FIS Live app. If you want to get your free one-month trial, do go to freightinvestorservices.com forward slash FIS hyphen live. Uh, after that one-month trial, you 25 bucks for all our markets, freight, bulk commodities, and we have new markets coming online soon, LPG and battery metals. Yeah, battery metals, base metals there. We've got container freight, air freight, everything you could wish for. So everything that FIS covers. Yeah, early Christmas. So, exactly. But uh, again, thank you, Theo. Thank you, Kerry. And to everyone listening, do join us again next week. Thanks a lot, Chris.